Chaos and Christ Podcast. Chaos and Christ Podcast. We honor Christ. Lift heavy weights, act like men, and resist tyranny. And now your host, Alexi Felix. Welcome back to Chaos and Christ Podcast. I'm your host, Alexi Felix. And it's a pleasure for me to be able to just hang with you here as I give you just some things that I think could help you in the midst of chaos in hopes that it blesses you and really just encourages you. We are going to be talking about finding your place in God's plan, understanding and fulfilling your purpose as a man. So very important stuff. Honestly, this always hits home for me as well. And so I'm hoping that this will definitely drive some value and some real-world truth for you. I I had a conversation with someone really close to me, and we started to talk about nihilism, depression, just feeling like you are out of place in the world whenever you try to conform to it. And it just made me realize that we as men— I mean, we are embedded, ingrained in our souls to live with a purpose, something greater than even ourselves or our own name. And sometimes we twist that up, not sometimes, pretty much often. And when we twist that up, we get involved into certain things that are just so detrimental that cause chaos in our lives. So very important, the topic of man and his purpose and why that's important today, especially today, because Either we are here for something or nothing. And if nothing, then what is the point? Why even go on, right? There are some people that have worldviews of certain things that ultimately boils down to whatever goes. It's just like an anarchist type of worldview. There is no rhyme or reason. We are just bumping into each other as plasma and dust, just pixie dust, just colliding with one another. And there's really no purpose in life here. And yet we operate as if there is. Regardless of what we start to want to think or believe, we still expect other people, our neighbors, those that we live amongst, to operate within a a sort of code of ethics or morals that are either spoken or even unspoken. But if you cross that line, things just start to unravel and you start to see the consequences behind all of that. So. Ultimately, you know that there is a reason and there is a purpose for you, your life, and the life that you're supposed to be leading. It's not for nothing. It's not just because you happen to be here and you're the one that could. That's not really what we're talking about here. And what I've noticed too, especially in now the year 2023, is that we have adopted this form of nihilism where nothing matters, but what you decide to give purpose to. So it's still wanting purpose, but at the same time, still holding on to something where it says that nothing matters. And so because we want purpose, but nothing matters, then all of a sudden your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. This is where we typically get our postmodern way of thinking. But we are living in a culture of nihilism. I start to think about when the riots in 2020 started to take place with the stores and the businesses being burned and looted. 
I realized that the majority of people that were really just bum rushing these businesses and participating in this anarchy were really young individuals where you can see them in their mid to late teens, early 20s. And they're just bashing and destroying. And why is that? Because when you get to a place of nihilism, nothing matters. But the innate nature that God has created us with, we need a purpose. We can't function without it. Because really, if there is no purpose, then what's the point? Why did we keep doing what we do? And so what I saw in every individual that was participating in the riots was they, at that moment, found a sense of purpose. And what was the purpose that was portrayed to them? that would get them to actually commit these crazy and heinous acts. Well, social injustice, right? Racism, all these key talking points, white supremacy. And when you say these words, I don't like white supremacy. I hate racism. Racism is just an egregious, wicked, evil sin. Injustice of any kind is injustice. We tend to put a name in front of it now because that's what cultural Marxism does. But We don't like injustice. And if you can fight against injustice, especially for young men, I mean, that just gives you a sense of purpose automatically. But they're still operating in this sense of nihilism because it's a false purpose. It's a is a lie that they are clinging to. And ultimately, what this leads to is just chaos internally in your own life. And sometimes It doesn't come out in words. You don't feel like you can give it out in words. You'll explain it to a friend or to someone. And when you explain it, one of two things happens. You realize that these people on the opposite side of you don't really believe that you are dealing with this stuff and want to just talk it away and talk it down. So you stop stop telling people anything because they think that you're probably seeking attention. Because we are in this culture of nihilism and then selfism. So it's like, we don't trust anyone when someone says, I'm going through a very dark period of time in, our li- in, in their lives. On the other end, which is something I relate to a little bit more, is that you do share what's internally happening inside you, but as the words come out, you feel like you sound silly. You feel like, like maybe I'm not. Maybe this is dumb. Why am, I, why am I telling you this? It just doesn't even sound real to me as the words come out of my mouth. I found myself there many times where. To talk about myself with whatever sadness or quote-unquote depression I would deal with, as I would say it out loud to someone I thought can take it, it just sounded dumb even to me. But also you keep it in. Still not healthy, obviously. But this is the chaos that takes place internally. Because I want purpose, you want purpose, we all need a purpose here on this planet, right? Otherwise, again, (laughs) what's the point? But As I'm diving into this stuff, I look into the definition of purpose, right? And just really to see what it means. Now, purpose, by definition, is the reason for which something is done or created for which something exists. Okay, so I'm just, I'll repeat that again. The reason for which something is done, right? You do something for a reason. Like when you go to work, you clock in, you make that drive commute, or you just log into your computer, because I know nowadays people work remotely. When you go through the 8 to 12 hours a day or 16 for some of you, um, at the end of it, what you are expecting is a paycheck, (laughs) is compensation for what you've done. So that is the reason for which something is done or created. So maybe you're an entrepreneur or maybe you're a a homemaker, a mother, 
a father, whatever, and you are creating something to bring it about as a service to yourself or to others, but there's a purpose to that creation, whether you're cooking a meal to what? Feed your family, whether you work to get paid to then buy groceries to what? To feed your family. I mean, there is a reason you create and we work towards something that is purpose. And there's a reason why that exists. So that's purpose, right? In case you needed a quick definition and rundown. But as Christians, as a Christian myself, my thing is, what is my purpose? And ultimately, you come to the point that when you read scripture, you realize your purpose is to serve God's purpose because it's greater than anything that you could ever imagine, ever fathom. It is to bring glory to himself through his creation, through the salvation of humanity. That is God's purpose. When you know God's purpose, you start to understand your purpose. But if you look at yourself first, then you will be going through a lot of identity issues. Or maybe you might attach yourself to something that is not true but false, but put your whole life on that. You, you stake it all on that and have identified with that. But this is God's purpose. Again, to bring glory to himself through his creation, you and I and everything else we see, through the salvation of humanity. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7 reads, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory. That's God speaking, whom I formed and made. So Isaiah is that passage right there is giving you an understanding that one, you are made and created by whom? God, the Almighty. And so what is that purpose? Well, one, if you call yourself a Christian today, you were called by name. He called you by name, and he created you specifically for his glory. So that's one thing that we should keep in mind. What's our purpose here? To bring glory to God. Absolutely. That's what our, glo- what our purpose is here for. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 reads, To the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved, right? So now we are living in thankfulness and gratefulness for the grace that was given to us through his son, Jesus Christ. That is our purpose to live in gratefulness and in thanksgiving. And what else is our purpose aside from that, right? That, those are very important. Another thing would be to have a loving, personal relationship with his people. God's purpose is to have a loving relationship and connection with the people he has chosen for his glory. So we read this in the passages of like Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 through 13. Now, Jeremiah 29, 11 is a very renowned, a very popular verse. We get those on the coffee mugs and whatnot. I've always had some big grief against how we use it in our culture because it's just so me-driven, wealth-driven, self-prosperous driven. When we look at what was happening in Jeremiah, they were in exile. They were, they were going through the punishment and judgment of God. But the promise of God for his people was still true. And he had promised them to give them a purpose that is worth living, that is greater than what they were experiencing at that time. That even in that moment, they were still living out the purpose of God. And so 
he, he, there's still a personal relationship that he wants with his people. Now, in Jeremiah, he was talking to the Jewish people, the Israelites, his chosen people. Today, how do we see that? Well, if you are a Christian, then you are of his church. You are part of the bride of Christ. And so the Lord Jesus still wants to have a loving and personal relationship with his people. That is God's purpose for our lives. Do you hear that, though? You got to believe this, because if you don't believe this, and this just sounds very nice and cute and pixie dusty kind of stuff, but you got to truly believe that the God of the universe, the one that holds the universe by the word of his power, his purpose is to have a, a relationship with you. You are the most fallen, corrupt man on this planet, full of depravity, but yet given grace through Christ because of his death on the cross. And his purpose is to have a relationship with us. This is the God of the universe, the one who stands out of space and time. I mean, we, we can't comprehend this because it's just inexhaustible, but we also don't think about this often. We are so in tune with the here and now in ourselves that we don't realize the magnitude of, of that purpose. It's amazing. Now, the other thing is, what is, the, what is God's purpose to establish and maintain his kingdom on earth? And to bring all things under his rule. Now, this is the thing that, especially in our culture today, we don't want to hear. We don't want to submit to, especially even some Christians, unfortunately. But this is literally the times that we are living in. But look what Matthew chapter 6, verse 10 is telling us. This is the Lord's Prayer, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God's purpose is that his kingdom is going to be established, is established now, right now, that Jesus is ruling and reigning as king at the right hand of the Father right now, at this very moment. Not in the future, not after the rapture, and I don't believe in the rapture anyway, but nevertheless, right now, this is his purpose for his kingdom to be established on the earth and to bring all things under his rule because he is king. He is the sovereign king. God, the supreme king. There is no other. He is the one true king. And then we see Ephesians 1, chapter 1, verse 9 through 10, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to him, yours in heaven and things on earth. I think, I think I might have butchered that a bit, but nevertheless, that's literally what we see here, okay? He is uniting all things in the fullness of time to him, to Christ. This is the purpose of God. So what, what does that leave you? What is your purpose then? If you understand that the purpose of God is to redeem and save his people from sin, to establish his kingdom and his rule, and to take all things that are on this earth to submit it under his rule, to have a relationship with you, the church, the bride of Christ. And what is your purpose in the midst of that? Your purpose is for God's purpose. That is your purpose, to fulfill the specific role or calling that God has for you on for you and his plans. So look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship. We are created in Christ for good works. That is our purpose here, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
So again, our purpose is his purpose. And if we then seek Christ, understand his word, understand that he teaches us to gather together, to fellowship, to pray, to live in thanksgiving, to honor the Lord where we are right now. He has beforehand prepared the good works that you are meant to do, specifically you, for his glory, for the advancement of his kingdom. So that way we can have a loving relationship with the Lord. That is your purpose. You are his workmanship created in Christ for good works. And it was prepared beforehand that what? We shall walk in them. And then your other purpose is to bring others to a saving knowledge of Jesus and to make his love and grace known to the world. Let's look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is a direct command from our King. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is Jesus speaking. God the Father has given him this authority. So Jesus is King. And he tells us as King, that therefore we, we are to go make disciples of all nations, every tongue, every tribe, every ethnicity, every state, every country, every person that walks on this earth. We are to make disciples of. We are to preach the gospel share that gospel, preach it in its entirety, in its truth, and make disciples, mentor them, guide them, show them in the way that we live, rebuke and sharpen one another. That is the calling on your life specifically. This is your purpose. This is yours and mine purpose. This is not a task to be taken lightly. This is more important now than I, I mean, forgive me for saying those words, not that it's more important now than ever before, it's always been the ultimate purpose and ultimate importance of every person's life because eternity weighs on the balance for that individual who doesn't know Christ. But as I see it from a cultural standpoint, the perspective that I am living in, I realize how much more detrimental it is that the gospel is taught and preached and that there's real true discipleship taking place because even Christians, quote unquote, in this country, in the United States, don't understand or have a proper sound theological basis and doctrine of who God is. Many people believe that he's adapting and changing to circumstances as they come. That is not theologically sound. That is not what scripture teaches. Doesn't reveal that God is just somehow adjusting to things, but that's where we find ourselves at. And so this command that the Lord has given us, you men, me, is to go and to make disciples. So we have to, I mean, this is our purpose here on this earth. This is what our plan is from God. You wanted to know your purpose. You want to figure that out. Well, I'm giving it to you. And it's not me that's giving it to you. I'm no one special. The Bible, the scriptures have given it to us. You got to pick it up and read it. You just, you have to. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 through 20. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, 
We are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We are to be reconciled to the Lord because he's given us grace. He's not counting our trespasses against us. And as he's given us that same grace to be reconciled with Christ, we are then also back in Matthew 28 to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That is our purpose for God's ultimate purpose here on earth. Another purpose under that is to grow in relationship with God and to become more like Jesus in character and actions. You guys can take a look at 2 Corinthians 3.18 and then Colossians 1, 9 through 10 as reference points. But we are to follow in the steps of Christ, to see what he teaches, to do what he commands, to see the example he laid in humility, in serving others. That is our purpose here on earth. If you had any questions or doubts about it, we are to imitate Christ our Lord. Now, I know you're going to fail. I fail so many times. It's, I mean, it's just a battle of our lives as Christians. But we submit, we repent, and we turn back to him constantly to walk in the steps so that way we can be renewed, sanctified, so that the Holy Spirit continues to work in us that process. Another purpose, a reason behind all this and what our purpose is, that our calling is to serve others. It's not for self-promotion. Now, that's something I can completely relate to. And if I got to be honest with you, I'm going to be honest as much as I can be and really put myself out there. Oftentimes, I've always had identity issues as far as who am I? What am I supposed to be? Who am I supposed to become? If I had so many different avenues and different directions, always going from one thing to the other. And I always wanted to justify that by saying that I'm doing it for the Lord. This is a ministry. This is this and that. Whatever it was that I was trying to use to do that. But if I was really honest and I took myself out of my own body, sat it down in front of me, I would basically look him in the eyes and say, everything you say that you want to do, everything that you say you want to accomplish and serve others isn't for others. It is for you. It is so that you can find validation, acceptance, and notoriety. You want fame. Let's be honest. Let's just be real. You want to be recognized. You want to be Instagram famous. You want your podcast to blow up. You want this and that and the other. If I had to call myself out on a deeper level, that would be it. And it's a hard pill to swallow. And I believe God is definitely working on me with that because I'm really starting to recognize how unimportant I am. I'm really just nothing special. But the truth of the gospel, the truth of the scriptures, when a person starts to see the scriptures and their lives are transformed by the Holy Spirit, you start to wreck, you just start to put yourself to the side and you realize that there's something much greater than you. And his intention is to use you for his purpose and glory. How much better can it get? It can't. That is the pinnacle of a calling. That is the pinnacle of a life worth living. That is it. That is the purpose, right? So where our calling is to serve others and not ourself. A calling that is focused on meeting the needs of others and not personal gain or recognition. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 4. What does it say? Do nothing from 
selfish ambition, or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. There's nothing wrong with wanting to hit and accomplish certain things. But ultimately, if it's all about you, and if it's all about who, like what you can gain out of all that, then you are more focused on your interests and the interests of others. Because if you live in selfish ambition or conceit, then you don't care about anyone else but yourself. But when you live with an ambition to glorify the Lord, to live out the purpose that he has called for you specifically, and then you count others more interesting than you do yourself, and then you operate in humility as the Lord operated in humility, then, you st- then you, you've got the calling. You, you will figure it out. God will let, like line things up in the way that it needs to be where you find yourself in a position, maybe something you never thought you would be doing ever in your life, but it truly is fit for you and it brings you joy, not because it gives you a name, not because it promotes you, but because it serves others and transforms lives so that they too can come to Christ and be completely renewed. That's, that is the way. That is our purpose. That is what I would hope that you would want to have. A calling that also involves serving others in humility with a heart of love. So Mark chapter 10, verse 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. No one's saying you got to go and die, die for someone. It wouldn't count for anything anyway. But nevertheless, it is the, it is the example that our Lord gave us and how we are to serve one another. Jesus served us ultimately in such a way that you could not fathom being that he was the creator of the whole universe. It's something that you have to really wrap your mind around. And then what? let's look at First Peter chapter 5, 5 through 6. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble yourselves therefore. That is our purpose. We are to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time, he may exalt you. Again, we are to humble ourselves. And in our world, we try to exalt ourselves. Hard work and ethics, so that way we can prove to the world we did it and made it. But that is completely opposite the way God has called us to live. Completely opposite. We are to see that others are more significant than ourselves. We are to do things not from selfish ambition or conceit but to live in humility. And then from there, when you abandon your life and abandon your own namesake and you abandon yourself as ambitions, you abandon all that it means to please you, then from there, God will exalt you in the way that he sees fit according to his purpose, his will for his glory. And then a calling that recognizes that all abilities and gifts come from God and are to be used for his purposes and not for personal glory. I've been kind of harping on this already. You can see, visit 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11 and 1 Corinthians 4, 7. The Bible's perspective on purpose, explore what the Bible has to say about man's purpose. All right. So I would encourage you, you're wrestling with this, you are thinking about your purpose in life. Look at Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. As I mentioned before, spend some time on that. Romans 8.28, one of my favorite verses, 
And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. So all things will work out because if you are called according to his purposes. Colossians 1.16, for by him all things were created. This is a reminder that it is Christ through all things are created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. There are people that lorded over us their positions and titles and whatnot. And we have a country right now, parties that really are exercising their power to really just live out this tyranny that we are under without realizing it. But remember this, that all things were created for him, all things visible and invisible, all thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities. They're all for Christ. Even they serve a purpose. And the purpose is greater than what they are, at this point, looking to accomplish. We know that they are selfish in their ambitions. And we know that they don't care about others as they do themselves. But even in God's ultimate sovereignty, right, his omnipotence, he then even works that wickedness ultimately for the purposes of good for those that are in Christ Jesus. And we can go back to Romans 8.28 for that. But remember that. Remember when you find yourself in a position that is, I guess, exalting. Remember who that's still for and what that purpose is for. It's not for you still. It's for the glory of God. So actually, I'm gonna, I was thinking of some examples of the Bible people that God really used for his purpose. And Abraham was one that I was looking at. Abraham was called by God to leave his home and then go to a land that God would show him. That's in Genesis 12, verse 1. Now, Abraham was in a land with the Canaanites, which I was doing some research. I mean, that land was a bunch of people that have basically served and worshiped many gods and then performed human sacrifices. Now, what gods exactly, not too sure, but you know they were definitely polytheistic in that culture. And God calls him to leave his home and go to a land that would show him, that he would show him and use him for. So Abraham had a purpose, but he didn't find that purpose within himself. It was until God came to him to reveal that purpose and called him, not the other way around. Abraham was then promised by God that he would be the father of many nations and that through him all the families of the earth would be blessed. Think about that. When you get a promise like that, aren't you tempted to try to figure it out your way and even develop a selfish, ambitious way of trying to accomplish what God promised for you and do it wrong. We do this all the time, right? People just can see something in you or you start to sense a certain specific thing that you're called to do and you get confirmation for that, whatever the case, however that looks. But then you try to like bend the curve sometimes when you realize, oh, this is my purpose. You can mess that up because Abraham actually messed up a couple of times. Despite his failures, including not trusting God's promise when he and Sarah were faithful to his promise, and Abraham and Sarah eventually had a son, Isaac, through whom the promise will be fulfilled. So God still fulfills his promise for his purpose, and we tend to screw it up. But at the end of the day, if we are called by him, we are still going to live that, that out. God will still fulfill that purpose for our lives. It is God who does it, not us. God used Abraham's descendants, including Isaac, Jacob, and eventually Jesus to bless the world and bring salvation to humanity. Genesis twenty-two eighteen, Galatians three sixteen. You see, 
one purpose for Abraham, and he could probably only see so far, and to be a father of many as the, the sand on the ground, he has been long gone. And to this day, you can see the fruits of that promise. And it was all the way up to Christ. And it's still going on, this promise, the specific purpose that God has. Again, we still serve and live ultimately for God's purpose. Abraham had a purpose and a calling, but it was for the glory of God and his purpose. And he lived that life. I'm sure life got hard for him. I'm sure it did because there has been some situations in Abraham's life where things got really messed up, really twisted and toxic in his family and the lying that he did. It got really messed up. You might think, I don't have a purpose because I've messed up so many times. Brother, sister, just look and study Abraham's life. What his daughters did. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of messed up situations that took place here in Abraham's life, but God still fulfilled his purpose for Abraham because there was a greater purpose behind that. And Abraham still trusted God. It was a repentant man. He was not perfect, but he trusted God and he trusted the promise that God gave him. And I mentioned that Abraham's faith in God and his obedience to God's calling despite his failure serves an example for us of the importance of just trusting and following him. Hebrews 11, 8 through 12, take a look at that. That will definitely help. Now, here's my thing. I'm sure you want to find your own purpose, right? How you can discover what that is in your life. What is your specific purpose? Well, ultimately, we know that our purpose mainly is to serve the Lord, is for his glory, is to serve others and share the gospel, right? I think that once we settle into that, once we give of our gifts and talents in whatever area and try different things, I think as time will progress, you will find out. But so many of us are just waiting for this dream that we're supposed to have at night to figure out if we're meant to be this or that or the other. Some of us are waiting for everyone in the church to just somehow see it in us, run to you and say, I see this calling and then prophesy over your life. You're just waiting for that. And since we are a nation of bastards, a lot of men without fathers, I myself was included in that. Growing up, we take validation where we can get it. So once we get validated by the right person, as men, we just uh, we run with that. I know I did. I remember my youth pastor telling me I was called into ministry as a pastor. Woo! Did that just put a whirlwind in my life? I mean, so many years of that. It wasn't up until recently where I've just chilled off on that and just realized, hey, God's going to do what he's going to do. His purpose for my life will be fulfilled. And I'm not doing anything I thought I was expected to do, but I'm finding peace and contentment in where I'm at currently in my life. It's not flashy. It isn't, it isn't sexy. It isn't everyone knows my name, nothing like that. But it is glorifying the Lord, and I am looking to be faithful in that. But before then, I was just so enamored with my purpose. What's my purpose? Am I supposed to be called to be a pastor? Stuff like that. And that might not be the case at all. Maybe people just saw a charismatic guy in me and they just wanted to share that with me. But ultimately, God knows. Now, as long as I stay focused on what God has called me to do in Scripture, then I know everything else will just will add together. We have to recognize that we can't do things alone and that we will figure it out in due time. But one, we have to be committed to seeking guidance from God through prayer and studying the Bible. 
seeking the counsel of wise and trusted friends and mentors, pastors, elders, deacons, considering your natural talents and passions. That won't surface out. I mean, how many times have someone or have you hung out with someone in the group and just kind of noticed as time went on, time, certain things that someone that one person was good at? And they, you tend to go to them because you're like, hey, Mike, I know you're pretty good at this. And it's because you built that relationship. Mike has been around. He's shown up. He's been there for you when times were needed. And you discovered there were certain skills or talents or just a way of thinking that Mike had that you, you start to recognize. And then as more people spend time with Mike, they start to recognize the same thing, qualifying that gift and that talent. But it also, if Mike doesn't show up, it doesn't hang out. How can Mike expect his friends and his people around him in the village and the community to even see anything worthwhile pointing out to guide him in the direction that he should probably go because there's a gifting and talent there? So, and if Mike doesn't see God and he doesn't, I don't know who Mike is. I don't know why the heck I'm talking about Mike. But anyway, Mike, if he doesn't read the Bible, if he's not seeking the Lord, if there's no fellowship and community with the church, then how could he know? How will he, how would he find out? It's not going to come to you through osmosis. You're not going to get a telephone call from the Holy Spirit. You're not going to get a dream. Maybe you do. I don't know. Some people are weird like that. I'm not like that. But you're going to do it through time. And in time, you'll find yourself in places that you never thought possible. But that's the sovereign hand of God working in and out of your life. And you just got to trust and submit to his will. But the things that you do know you're called to, submit to that fully. The importance of serving others, for example. Emphasize that a calling that serves others and not for self-promotion. So again, as I mentioned, a calling that is focused on meeting the needs of others and not personal gain or recognition. Meditate on Philippians 2, verse 3 through 4. A calling that involves serving others in humility with a heart of love. Look at Mark again, 10, 45, 1 Peter 5, 5 through 6. One that has all abilities and gifts that come from God and are to be used for his purpose and not for personal glory. Again, 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, 1 Corinthians 4 through 7. All right. Spend time with that. But understand that as long as you seek the kingdom, Christ, and all this righteousness, all else will be added to you. And do not worry about what tomorrow brings, for tomorrow has its own worries, right? These are passages of in scripture that help us to just let that go. Your purpose is to glorify the Lord, is to share and preach the gospel, is to make disciples, is to live in thanksgiving, is to love your wife and your husband. It's to, to build or work excellently with your hands and wherever God has placed you. That is your calling right now. That is your purpose. Congratulations. You figured it out. All right. You know now. But as time will progress, and if you will submit yourself to community in the church, to the scriptures, to prayer, then as time goes on, I think the Lord will guide you. And however he sees fit to align you with your gifts and passions. Uh, one thing, this podcast is going way too long, longer than I expected, but one thing, I was watching a movie called Father Stew with Mark Wahlberg. Now, this is really based on Catholicism for the most part, but it's not about the Catholicism that I'm interested in. It's about the character development of Stu, who was a really just hard, rough around the edges kind of guy who was suffering from identity issues, bad relationship with his dad, lost his brother, and would try different things. And was whenever he tried something, he was all in. He, there was no, There were no half measures with Stu. He was all in. So for a while, he was a boxer, all in. And eventually, he got to the end of his rope with boxing, and he didn't really land his big break. And so then he decided to become a actor, all in like mid-40s or something, like late in life, late bloomer. 
acting, went to uh, California, Hollywood, couldn't get a break, saw a girl that he liked, pursued that girl, found out she's a Catholic. She didn't want to date him until he got baptized. He was all down for it because he was really into this girl. And as he's going and kind of involving himself in the Catholic church and trying to understand everything, eventually he gets into a motorcycle accident and almost dies. And he, I guess he had an epiphany of where he saw Mary again, not a Catholic. I think that's idolatry, but anyway, just giving you a real brief run through sees Mary wake. He's awakened. He's going through rehabilitation. He is committed to God. And all of a sudden feels after a confession with the priest feels that he is called to be a priest. And he goes all in on that, right? Cause he doesn't do half measures. And in that pursuit, and, and I mean, I'm telling you, he's tried so many different things you never would have seen. And the way that this guy talked and how he was living, you didn't think he'd become anything religious at all. And he's gun ho about becoming a priest, abstaining from sex, doing all that. And God is obviously revealing that his purpose, even through things that didn't make sense. And you just wonder how the heck did that would lead up to that. But that's how God works. And then in the middle of that, when he felt finally clear on his purpose, what happens? He gets hit with this disease that is is incurable. That would it's almost like ALS, a little bit different, where his muscles just start to atrophy, and he's not in, he's not going to be able to care for himself eventually. And it was a disease that would progress within a year, and so it did. And at the end of it, Stu became Father Stu. He fulfilled his seminary courses. He was pretty debilitated. He had to move into a nursing home. But many people would go to see him in his later years to do confession with him. It's a true story. I'm not a Catholic. I don't believe in the in their doctrine and theology. I think it is. I don't think it is Christian. But if Stu was anything like how he was portrayed in the movie, I believe there was a genuine conversion to Christ. I do believe that if he's portrayed like anything the movie is showing, and in that I do see how God still used even Stu for his purpose. Stu wanting to find purpose finds it through so much calamity, so much trials, so much failures. But he put himself out there and he kept going and going until God used him in such a humbling way. And I and I leave that with you guys. The main point here is to just reflect on your own sense of purpose. And I hope that what I've done was align it and reconfigure it. Once you realize that your purpose is for God's purpose, and once you understand God's purpose as revealed in Scripture, then the rest does become simple, but it's not an easy life. But once you live that life, the Lord will do the rest. And ultimately, as long as He is pleased with you, then you fulfilled your purpose. This is something I needed to see for myself, so I hope that this helps you at the very end. So if this does bring you value and this helps you, frees you, and you know someone else that probably needs it, share this with someone else. I think that would be very important. I just want to bless them as much as I, with the ability that I have. All right. But until then, make sure, man, to honor Christ, act like men, lift some weights, and resist tyranny. God bless. If you found value, then please subscribe and leave an honest rating and review. And remember that in the midst of chaos, Christ is there.